0: this morning, just to see how God's working in the church. What, man, I would be on board with it 110%. I mean, it's very obvious that God is at work here uh, in your church. And you know that anytime the Lord is at work, the devil's going to be at work also. And so don't let him get the victory, uh, him or her, but uh, don't, don't, don't let the devil get the victory. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee uh, from you. But uh, what, what an amazing, church to be a part of. And I, I would be, you know, we're not to be proud, I guess, in the prideful sense, but I would be very happy to be a part of this church uh, in, in Corpus Christi and, and to be a part of what uh, God is doing. And so that was exciting. We stepped back in here to see the uh, baptisms this morning. And to see the people being dealt with at the altar and in the seats there, and then to hear about the junior church uh, report, just an amazing thing. And man, it, 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 when you find a church that is alive in this day and age that, that where the pastor still wants to do something for God and uh, lead a church, I mean, down the road, down a clear path, but one that honors God and, uh, and has vision for ministry, for building, for future, that is a church I would attach myself to. And uh, if you're in here, I don't know who is a member, who is not. There are some familiar faces, uh, but if you're not a member, I, I would do everything in my power to become a member of this church. We, we lack commitment in this day and age, especially since COVID. It just seems to be a lack of commitment, but man, I would get locked down uh, in a local New Testament Bible-believing Baptist church. And your preacher is a good preacher, amen? He, he kind of makes me nervous. I'm a Texas boy. Texas born, Texas bred. When I die, I'm just going to be dead. But um, so, you know, he's articulate. He enunciates. I I don't do any of that. I slobber when I preach. And um, we preached at a youth conference a couple years ago. I said, he's GQ. I'm DQ. Amen? And uh, I can't help it. Blizzards are good. And so. He makes me nervous. I get around him, I feel fat, I feel bloated. And uh, he's just, I mean, everything's just, he got it all, he's locked down. I'm worried about dropping my glasses. And I know my, my, I've got a, I just shouldn't have eaten as much as I've eaten in the last 24 hours. And that is their fault. But uh, anyways, you have a good pastor, good pastor's wife, such a blessing to see the girls up here singing. I think you should have let your brother sing with you. I mean, he is almost four and uh, he could explain to me exactly where to find the ice cream at lunch today. So the boy knows what he's talking about, Uh, but uh, what what a blessing. And then uh, Miss Tracy, of course, uh, out of our church, she was actually there. I I started pastoring there in in the year 2000. I've been there uh, over 23 years now. My dad actually started the church 40 years ago. And uh, so uh, Miss Tracy came in. I asked her earlier and uh, 2003 is when it was. So she was there really in the early days of the ministry. Of course, anytime you have one pastor to another, there's going to be some change, some transition. I had people telling me, you know, because I grew up in the church there. I was nine when my dad started the church and, and I had people telling me, you know, I just, I can't, it's East Texas. We're one hour East of Dallas. We're on Interstate 20 between Dallas and Tyler. And I had Little old ladies telling me, "I just can't help but see you. You're just that little boy. I was 26 at the time, but you're still that little boy I always saw growing up." You know, and and we had folks leave over the first two or three years. And and I always thought this, man, they really missed out on the blessings of God, not because of me, but if they would just set aside the little stuff, the petty stuff, uh, man, they missed out on so many good things over the years at our church there in Wills Point. So uh, I'm so thankful for what God has done in Miss Tracy's life and uh, and uh, the, the year she was there, the time she was there in our church, and uh, then going off to Providence, dragging this Yankee back to South Texas. I don't know how that worked out, but i be nice to him because I like his dad and uh, brother Che over there one of the kindest men I've ever met uh, in my life I was so happy to see him with that Texas umbrella outside and uh, so uh, brother brother uh, brother Johnny I, I pastor my dad now too and uh, and my mom and it's not the dads that give us fits all right it's the moms that they're they're the work because they can correct us still no matter how old we are uh, but it's it's been a blessing so I know he's blessed to have his parents in the church here and I think your grandmother now is uh, in the church but uh, Anyways, it's good to have you. I was looking for a clock on the back wall. Now, I know you just built this place and so you haven't fully decorated it. The number one decoration in the Independent Baptist Church is a clock. And so uh, I did bring one at my church. If I tell them, you know, oh man, my battery died. I'll have five deacons with a, with a watch on the platform by the time I'm done with a sentence. Oh, here, pastor, you, you use mine. So anyways, I, I am mindful of the time and uh, we'll be headed back up to uh, North Texas tomorrow. We did drive through the Holy Land on the way here, College Station, if you know anything about College Station. we, we now Tomorrow we have to drive through uh, Sodom and Gomorrah over there in Austin uh, on the way up Interstate 35. But we did drive through the Promised Land uh, there in College Station, for those of you that know what I'm talking about. So, all right, 1 Kings chapter 17. I should have told you that already. 1 Kings chapter number uh, 17. And uh, just a message the Lord laid on my heart. And uh, to be honest with you, I had one that I was going to preach as we were coming in and then it just kind of, the Lord changed my heart here. So I hope that it's because someone in here can be encouraged, be challenged by the message uh, tonight. First Kings 17. And if you found your place, if you stand with us and if you're physically able, and we're going to begin reading a verse number one, it's probably a familiar passage uh, to you, but the Bible says, first Kings 17 and verse one, and Elijah the Tishbite who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the lord came unto him saying arise Get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. You know, those selfish preachers that are always asking us for stuff when we don't have that much. But, uh, and and this is not the message, but the thing about it is before Elijah ever said a word, God had already spoken to her. Aren't you glad we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within us to speak to us, to convict us? When we've got the word of God. But uh, she said, we're, we're, Elijah said, to her, fear not, go and do as I said, but bring me there a little cake first, bring it unto me after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail. Until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by uh, Elijah. We'll leave off reading uh, there. And I want to preach tonight on, on this subject, trusting the steps, okay? Trusting the steps. Uh, we, we need our life to be directed by God. And I know that many in here, you're yielded to the Lord and, and you seek him in prayer and you seek him in Bible study and you seek his direction through Bible preaching and Bible teaching. And, and I know that you're sensitive to that still small voice of God and you want the Lord to direct your life and many of you in here the Lord is directing your life in the way you feel you think you know I, I believe I am seeking the Lord in all things so then there is another level we have to take because I trust the Lord with my life, but sometimes I don't always agree with the path that we're headed down. So I, I know God's in it, but it's like, Lord, is this, really, is this really the path I'm supposed to be taking right here? So I just want to kind of appreciate it on trusting the steps, trusting that uh, path ahead that God has for you. Let's pray together. Lord, would you bless our time in your word tonight. Thank you for this good church and these good people. And a church is not just a good pastor and his wife, but it's a group of people that not only rally around the pastor, but first and foremost, they they put God first in their life and they have a desire to do something for God, to reach the lost, uh, to seek righteousness in a lost and dying world, to tell others about uh, Jesus as a preacher said this morning. So God, I I pray you continue to bless this uh, church. But Lord, as we live our day-to-day life and we want it to be directed by you, sometimes we don't quite understand the direction that you're moving in. Help us tonight to be reminded, to be challenged, to be encouraged to trust the steps. Uh, that along the way. Help us, I pray, and Lord, there's one here tonight that doesn't know Christ as Savior. Maybe this morning you began to deal with their heart. You've been dealing with them all day. I pray that tonight before we leave this building will be the night they get it settled once and for all they trust Christ. Help us tonight. Well, thank you for what you'll do. And we'll ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be uh, seated there. Everything uh, that you and I believe in this book is by faith, right? Uh, you were not there uh, when the Word of God was written, neither was I. I did not see the apostle Paul or I did not see Peter or Moses or Daniel or others. I did not see them as God, the Holy Spirit of God gave them uh, this book. But I believe by faith that it is the very uh, Word of God. You and I were not there in the days of the Old Testament. To be honest with you, I would not have wanted to be there in the days of the Old Testament if they were eating dove dung and all the other things they had going on. Uh, But we weren't there uh, when the Red Sea uh, was parted. We were not there when the walls of Jericho uh, fell down. We were not there when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, but we believe it really happened. Why? Because we can believe uh, this book. We were not there in the days of Christ here on earth. I had the privilege to go to Israel about 20, 22 years ago. And I got to go to some of the places uh, uh, that that uh, are uh, 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 places of memory uh, in the Christian life and in the, in the Bible. But I was not there in the days of Christ uh, on earth. I was not there and you were not there in the days of those early churches. We, we haven't seen any of it. Uh, we just have faith that it happened. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, uh, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things uh, not seen. So you say, well, how do you know the Red Sea was parted? Because I have faith that it happened. How do you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace? Because I have faith uh, that it happened. Now, the greatest step of faith that you and I can take is to believe that this book is the very Word of God. You have to decide that uh, in your life. And there's no other way to decide that than by faith. Uh, Your education will not help you to decide that's the Word of God. Uh, no doctor with a doctorate could help you to decide that's the Word of God. You just had to settle it in your heart that this is not the Word of man. This is not the opinion of Moses and the opinion of David and the opinion of Solomon and, and Luke and Paul and all of those men. Uh, this, this is not their opinion. Holy men of God spake because they were moved by uh, the Holy Ghost. So you have to settle that in your heart, whether you're a new Christian I know people that uh, have been around in life who claim to have been saved for a long time and you get to talking to them about the Bible. They say, well, you know, it's just different men's opinions about how things uh, uh, worked. And we're not here tonight for a lesson on the Bible, but I will say to you, if you're going to live by faith, the first step you must take is saying, that's not the words of the apostle Paul. That's not the words of this man and that man. From Genesis to Revelation, that is the very word of God. God breathed, God gave it. Now, once we believe that by faith, uh, without seeing it written, we didn't see it written. Once we believe that by faith, then it doesn't take much to believe, everything that is written in this book because I can trust God. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so you have to get it settled in your heart. Aren't you amazed that salvation is called childlike faith? It's called the simplicity, which is in Christ. I believe it was in Sunday school when Pastor said that it's man that complicates the way of salvation and it's mankind that has complicated and corrupted the word of God. But I still believe we have an every word uh, Bible in our King James Bible. And I believe it's every word that God wanted us to have to live by uh, here on earth. Now, I, once I believe this book, for who gave it, then I can flip to any page and say, I believe that happened. Well, that, you know, I was watching a documentary the other day. He talked about TV and getting your doctrine from TV. And they'll have these shows explaining the miracles of the Bible or, or how to this or how to that. And I think, I, I don't need to see all that stuff. Just call me foolish. Just call me dumb if you want to. Whatever you want to call me. I'm just, if God said it in his word, I believe the eight dove dung. I didn't have to see it occur. I, I don't have to see it to believe it. I just believe that this is God's Word and that I can believe what it says. The Bible says this in Romans 8 and verse 24, "'For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience uh, wait for it.'" Okay? so. I have hope not because I've seen uh, the the resurrection of the saints. I have hope not because I've seen the rapture, but I have hope uh, because the Bible says it's going to occur, and it's called that that blessed hope. And I look forward to that day when when my faith becomes sight, when your faith becomes sight, when we're in heaven and we can talk to the people who were there. But until that day, not only does God want us to live with faith in his word, he also wants us to live by faith uh, as we walk through this world and we walk through our everyday uh, life. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10 and verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure uh, in uh, him. Look at Mark chapter 4. We're going to go back to First Kings in a, in a little bit, but look at Mark chapter 4, if you would, there in the, uh, in the New Testament, Mark chapter number 4. And uh, the girls just sang that song, One Night Upon the Sea. Sometimes we go through storms of life and it's a test. I preached a message a couple of years ago on New Year's Eve. It was something like this when when midnight comes, but nothing changes. And we look forward to these new years and, and man, this year's gonna be better, and this year's gonna be and you you may have already had a rough first three weeks. I mean, we 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 don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. All right, but we know this for a fact. We're going to have some storms in life. Uh, my mother was diagnosed with Parkinson three years ago. My dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's about about two months ago or three months ago. And they're both they're both in our church, my church. I have two brothers, an older one and a younger one, neither one are as good looking as I am, but I have an older brother, younger brother, and uh, but I get to have them in my church. They live close to me and, uh, and I love to uh, take care of them, but that is a storm uh, in life uh, for our family. I was thinking about this while I was driving down here about the, the victories in your church and the victories in our church uh, back home. And, and, and I, there's no doubt there are some in here that you're, 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 everyone is rejoicing with your church. I mean, I told Brother Trey last night, I said, man, I, we remodeled the inside of our auditorium. And that's been probably 18, 19 years ago. I said, but I still walk in there and it seems new to me. And I said, this is going to last forever. I mean, the newness and the And there's no doubt all of you, especially you church members, man, you're rejoicing. And and don't be petty because you can always find something you don't like about something that was. That's just part of it. But 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 there's no doubt you're rejoicing. But I got to thinking about how, you know, we're rejoicing here with the church family. But at home, there's not a lot of rejoicing right now. You're excited about what, what's happening you know, with the church. And man, this is new and this is fresh. And, but when you go home, there are health issues, there are finance issues, there are marital problems. You're concerned about the job or the, the kids in trouble at school. I mean, storms are a part of life. So they're also a test. All right, because I can believe and you can believe. Oh yeah, that's God's word. You ever seen God? No man has seen God at any time. Did, did you watch as the apostle Paul and pe- many people, re- Paul had handwriting like me, I guess. He had bad, bad eyesight too. So he didn't write a lot of his, someone else wrote it for him. But did you, did you were you there when God was breathing those words to the apostle Paul? No, but as I read first Corinthians, I know that God gave that to Paul to give to others. We believe that, right? We're going to read about the, uh, the 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 stormy sea in just a moment, and 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 uh, did, were they really out there on that stormy sea? Uh, and, and were they? Were, did God really calm the wind? Yes, 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 and yes. Go down the checklist. Did that really happen? Flip the page. Did that really happen? Did that really happen? Yes, preacher. Yes, yes. I believe it happened. But can you trust him with Monday? Can you trust him with this week? Can you trust him to get you through the end of January? Can you trust him to provide for you for February? You see what I'm saying? We, we sing songs in church. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. If shadow or sunshine or rain, the Lord I know ruleth for everything. All of my worry is vain. Are you thinking about what we just sang right there? Oh, I don't care what tomorrow holds. Oh yes, you do, I do too. Yeah, I want tomorrow to be sunshine. I expected to come to Corpus Christi, man. I brought my Ocean Pacific shorts. I was ready to go. I thought, I, I, thought I didn't know I was building snowmen in Corpus Christi. You, you guys disappointed me. It wasn't my Ocean Pacific. I don't, there's always somebody in the crowd. It was my culottes, okay. Was, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But am I right or am I right? We'll say, man, I believe all that. You didn't see any of that happen, but I believe it all. But you don't believe God can take care of you this week? You don't believe God's in control of your marriage, your job, your finances, your education, whatever it may be, the just shall live by faith. Mark chapter 4 there, in Mark chapter number 4 and verse number 35, the Bible says the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took took him even as he was in the ship and There were also with him other little ships. I always find that amazing that these apostles are going to throw a fit about things, and yet they have Christ in their ship, and yet there are other little ships around them. Uh, uh, To me, there's just an application there of our children are watching everything we do and every decision we make, and what we do affects them, what we say affects them. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, and so that it was now full, he, he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and saying to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And, and what did he do? Did he coddle them there? Did he, Did it's all guys, it'll be, all, no, he said unto them, why are you so fearful? And here it is. <coughs> How is it uh, that you have no faith? You almost wonder if he was saying, you, you, really, you believe I'm the savior? You believe I was sent from God, that I'm gonna die on the cross for your sins and rise again and, and come back for you? You believe that, but you don't believe you can make it across the Sea of Galilee? You know, I'm glad that God did not leave us with any surprises in our life. You say, well, I was surprised at what happened. But, but, but in a general sense, you're not. You know the battles are gonna come. You know the negatives are going to come. You know the hard times uh, are going to come. Man that is born of woman is a few days and, and full of trouble. Jesus said this in John 16, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. But he said, in the world, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Okay, so we're gonna have tough times uh, in this life. The Bible says in 1 John 5 and verse four, for whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith, who is he that overcometh? Come with the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. right? So as Christians, uh, we are to live by faith from day to day, to trust Him uh, with our life. Now look back at First Kings 17, if you would, please, back in our text there, in First Kings chapter number uh, 17. And as I think about uh, the life and the ministry of Elijah, I'm amazed at how he trusted the steps that God led him in, in order to bring him to where God wanted him to be. There are many steps in our life that looking forward, you think, I don't see how this is going to work. And looking back, you say, I know exactly, I see now how God made, and and many of us will say, I got so worked up about that, but God took care of it. I, I was so concerned, but God took care of it. I know when I graduated uh, Bible college, I graduated Bible college in May of uh, 1999 and and I had already been to secular college for three years and then Bible college for three years. I was sick of school by the time I graduated Bible college. But uh, when I graduated, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I I was in Bible college. I knew God wanted me to preach and pastor, but I, I didn't know what God wanted me to do. I I never, growing up, never one time, and even in Bible college, it never crossed my mind, hey, I might be the pastor of this church one day. It wasn't until October of uh, the year uh, 2000 that my dad came to my house, my wife and I, we had a one-year-old, my daughter's 23 now, and single, and beautiful young lady, and uh, uh, so just, you know, what kind of job you got, what kind of money you got, I'm just trying to embarrass her because she'll watch us later, and she says, dad, stop, so anyways, She's got my dad to mess with. She's, she called me today. She said, dad, I went, to, <coughs> I went to lunch with Grammy and Pawpaw. She said, Pawpaw's at it again. I said, what? She said, as soon as we got there, Pawpaw's like, listen, you ain't got a boyfriend yet. What's wrong with you, girl? Where, where, now, where's this man? You know." <laughs> so anyways, it ain't all working just right up here. So it's getting, the question's getting crazier uh, by the minute. But, but I, my daughter was one month old and my dad came out to our house and Kelly and I to our house there. My mom and dad came out and my dad said, son, I believe God's moving us to Fort Worth. He says, an old preacher retiring there. My dad was 50 at the time, 49, I get my age when he left uh, Wills Point. And uh, he said, uh, I believe God's moving us there. He said, would you be willing to be a candidate here? That was the first time in, like, it, it, that I'd ever, it never cross my mind that I would pastor there in Wills Point. And six weeks later, I became pastor. You never know. When Brother Jake came here to be youth pastor, he wasn't coming here to be pastor one day. You just never know what God's gonna do. And you say, well, I just don't know how this is gonna work at my job. I don't know how this is going to work. Just, you, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, letting God lead your life and trust the steps uh, that he leads you in and uh, let him open uh, the doors. Okay? So, but what I'm amazed at is Elijah. How he trusted the steps that God led him in, in order to bring him to where God wanted him to be. The Bible says in Psalm 37:23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And I never can understand who exactly he is, but I know this, if God's directing my steps, God's gonna delight in my way. If God's directing my steps, I'm gonna delight uh, in my way. Also, Proverbs 16:9 says this: A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. If you look that up in Proverbs 16:9, 16:9, the word deviseth literally means this: scheme. Scheme. Here's what we do. All right, honey, I think we're going to do this, and I got to think, if I can get this over time, and then and, 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 and then this amount of hours over time, we start, we've got all these plans. And you know, if, if President Biden sends me back some tax dollars and we could do this, and we can do that. And when the Bible says that a man's heart uh, d- deviseth his, uh, his way, but the Lord directeth his steps, the word directeth means this: straight, clear path. Now we guys, if you're like me, I dream out loud, and that makes my wife nervous. I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that, and I and I know when she's on board, she's like, "Oh, we could." And when she's quiet, then I'm mad. It's like, "Yeah, okay. What's wrong? Nothing. Why are you being quiet? I just you didn't ask me anything. I'm like, ah, oh, she doesn't like what I'm saying. So then I will tell her, "We're not doing it all today." I'm just telling you, I'd like to do this at the house and this with the, uh, that and this with the church. And, 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 but wives, they like safety. They like, they like assurance. And uh, we guys dream out loud. But make sure, even if we're dreaming out loud, make sure it's the Lord directing our steps before we actually take those steps. One of my favorite things to, to pray for is, Lord, guide me. Lord, open the right door. Lord, show me the right path. Now, you're going to think, well, you won't. Some may think this is petty, but I tell you what, I think you'd be better off when you get this down. I, we were putting in a walk-in shower at my parents' house for my mother so she doesn't have to step over that tub anymore. And we were putting that in over the last couple of weeks. One of the men, a retired pastor in my church and then myself. And, and so I would go to, uh, uh, to Lowe's to pick things up and I had to pick some tile. And I'm not, I'm not, man, I'm a sinner saved by grace. So I have my struggles, but I love to do this. I walk in, I say, Lord, lead me to the right tile, lead me to the right color, lead me to the right price. God, if it's not here, then I'll go over to Home Depot. Lord, I'm asking you to lead me. I'm asking you to guide me. My daughter, 23, she's looking for a, 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 she's a cosmetologist. I call her my hairdoist is what she is. She's a hairdoist, but she, she's looking for an, an, another vehicle, a, a better vehicle, it's used. But, but she's got a certain one in mind, and so I'm trying to help her find that. And we went to a car lot a few weeks ago, and we thought we had found it. But as I'm walking in, I'm saying, Lord, if this is the right one, make it a clear path. It takes about three hours to buy a new vehicle and go through the whole everything. And, and I said, Lord, if it's if make it a clear path. If this is the one, I don't know if this is the one. I don't want to pick a bad one for her. I don't want to put her in something, and she's paying $20,000 for something that breaks down in a year. God, make this a clear path. And you know what he did when we went inside? He made it a not clear path. The salesperson had an attitude like I've never seen in a salesperson. It was just just cut and dry and no give and no anything. And I finally stood up and said, you know, I think we're going to go elsewhere. We're going to keep looking around. And you can have peace about that because you've been praying, God, you open the door. What we do is we, we push things through. I always wanted to be a pilot. I heard there's some pilots in the, in the church here. I always wanted to be a pilot. That's, I, I left, uh, I graduated from Wills Point High School and went uh, off to college, but I had applied first at the, the Air Force Academy and Emory Riddle University there in Florida, other places. And I want to be a pilot, and but you know what? I'm glad God didn't lead me down that path because I cannot ride a ride at the at Six Flags now without throwing up. I, I was like, that that is not for me. Okay, so I just turn on like Top Gun Maverick and crank up the music, and I'm flying with them. But I I, I could I love to fly. I love to watch planes. I love that. But being a pilot was not for me. But in 23 years of pastoring, I watch people, I watch young people force things that was never God's will for their life. I watch men take their families out of the will of God because they want something so bad. If it takes you away from the Lord and takes you away from faithfulness to your local church, how can that be the will of God? But we don't ask, we don't ask, we don't ask. And it's wonderful when we can ask and just trust God and say, you know what? I know he's gonna open the right door in the right time. And if I don't have peace about this, I tell our church, sometimes you may think I'm moving slow, but if I don't have peace, we're not moving and we're not doing it because I want it, I want it to be the perfect uh, will of God. Do you live your life that way? Do you say, Lord, is this what you want? Lord, would you guide me? If we're willing to live yielded to his will, then we're also going to have to trust his way. We're also going to have have to trust the path that he leads us down. I told our church not long ago in some message over something, I think it was a message over bitterness or something. I said, now you may have less respect for me, but I'll be honest with you. I said, Brother Che, I said, I I told our church, I said, I'll be honest with you. When I found out that my... uh, mother had Parkinson's. I was mad at God for a while because she's a faithful pastor's wife for over 40 years. And I met some rotten women that I've dealt with in the years of the ministry and seemed like they get get to go on and then this happens. And You know, and thank God for my mom and her attitude is, you know, why not me? Why why not us? It's going to happen in our life. But, friend, listen, we, we, we have to learn that if we're going to trust God in every area of our life, we're going to have to trust him with the path that he leads us down. And by the way, he does not owe us an explanation for anything. We would all say something like this. Man, I'd give the shirt off my back to that person if I knew they had a need. But is it just because we safely have another shirt in our closet? Well, what if it was the only shirt we had and God said, I want you to give it. Can you trust the steps? Can we trust his moving in our life? Can we trust his guiding in our life? Sometimes on the Mount, where the sun shines so bright, God leads us dear children along, sometimes in the valley. Sometimes when your church is rejoicing over all this, but you go home to a valley. Sometimes in the valley, in the darkest of nights, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood. Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow. But aren't you glad God gives a song? In the night season and all the day long, Let me give you several, just four thoughts here quickly tonight about trusting his steps. They're out of 1 Kings chapter number 17. Number one is this. We must trust the steps. This is the easy one, but we must trust the steps when it seems like God is providing. We must trust the steps when it seems like God is providing. That's not hard to do, right? Look there in 1 Kings 17. uh, There was a famine in the land as God was judging Israel for their sin and of course you look at our nation today and we're affected by it and Elijah was affected by what was going on there and but there was no rain verse 1 but the word of the Lord came unto him in verse 2 saying get thee hence turn thee eastward hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there so he went and did according to the word of the Lord verse 6 the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning bread and flesh in the evening and he drank in the brook. All right, we must trust the steps when it seems like God is providing. Now that's, that's kind of easy. That's kind of easy when there's gas in the tank and the gas prices are a little bit lower. Uh, when you go to the cupboard or you go to the refrigerator and there's food in there and it's going to last for a few days and and you think man God is good when you get a little bit of that tax refund back because you have 42 kids and so they give you a bunch of I got folks in my my, my brother and sister in law in our church they have five five boys five boys and the reason they have so many is they kept wanting a daughter and so at some point I would have just said you know what let's just let's move along but but they have five uh, boy we have several in our church that have uh, big uh, uh, families but so man. Man, when tax season rolls around, they get, you know, pretty good chunk of change from Uncle Sam. And uh, but you know how that works. This time of year, people start getting a tax refund. Instead of paying their bills, they go buy a big screen TV instead of paying the rent. But that's a whole nother message. But you, you know what it's like? We all know what it's like in here to have what we want at the moment. Man, it's vacation time. Man, the, the boss is acting good to me at work. Boy, we've got enough here and the car payment's made. And, you know, all right, so we can move forward because we must trust the steps when it seems like God is providing. And duh, that's not hard, right? God's good, woo! Well, yeah, because everything in your life right now is okay, but you don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold. Number two is this, I have four I think now we're going to get kind of down to more where 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 we live our life sometimes. We must trust the steps when God seems to be quiet in our life. You ever been there? Yeah. Look at verse number seven. I I find this interesting and you may see it differently than me, but in chapter 17 there, God told him that I'm going to have the ravens feed you and and you're going to get a drink from the brook or I'm going to to take care of you. Okay, In, in verse number eight, he's going to tell him in verse eight and nine that I'm going to send you to a widow woman. But before he says that, in verse number seven, it says, and it came to pass after a while, that the brook dried up. Now, I know God supplies, you see that with a widow woman and I've seen, I've been young now, I'm old yet, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging, bread. I get all that. But if I'm just reading through the passage here, I see Elijah looking at, he didn't just wake up one day and the brook was dry. I see the nice flowing stream and, and then all of a sudden, if you've ever been out, I like to turkey hunt. And, and so I've been out in April and May and, and the little creeks are kind of dried up, but you have a body of water here and, and then a body of water over here and, and that water gets stagnant and just nasty. So I'm, I'm picturing Elijah. Now there's a little less to drink and a little less and a little less and a little less. And, 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 and I almost think, uh, in, in in my mind uh, that uh, maybe Elijah, great man of faith, but maybe Elijah was thinking, uh, Lord, what's next? Lord, we, we've got a lot of week left and the paycheck's already gone. Lord, I, I, I didn't really expect this was the way my health was going to go this year. Hello, Lord? Man, we get to that place in our life, we feel like Man, I sit in church and, and I know I'm, I'm right with the Lord and I know my preacher's preaching with power, but I'm empty. I'm just not getting anything. I'm empty. There's no joy and, and there's no, we went from plenty to, it just, why is God being so quiet in, in my life? Now, if we're gonna trust him when there is plenty, we have to also trust him when things are starting to look bleak. You know that old song for the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the nights. What did Job say? Let me read it to you. Then then Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. God, he goes on to say, behold, I go forward, but he's not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him on the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I I cannot see him. He said, why is God so quiet in my life right now? It just seems like I'm, wasting away. It seems like my life is stagnant. I've lost my joy. I've lost my vision. It just seems like there's just nothing going right. But you know, Job had enough faith in God to get his mind straightened out. And he made this statement, but he knoweth the way that I take. And by the way, he knows the path you're on. He knows the way you're taking right now. He knows the battle you're in. He knows the storms that you're going through. And Job said this, and it's the same for you and I. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And I love the commitment that Job made when he said, I'm not hearing God right now. He said, my foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined neither. have I gone back from the commandment of his lips? I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He said, right now, it sure seems like God's being quiet in my life, but I'm still going to get up and get in the Bible every day. I'm still going to get on my face before God in prayer. I'm not going to hide from church when things go bad. I'm going to show up at church as often as possible because I know that God's not hiding from me. And I know that there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And I know that God's got a plan for my life and I know I'm one of his children. And so listen, it seems like God's quiet in my life right now, but I would just assume that's the time for me to just sit still. And if I'll just keep doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing, if I'll obey the written will of God, God will show me that unwritten will. If I'll just, if I, some of you young people, maybe you're graduating high school this year and you think, man, what's next? And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But remember this, young men, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Make sure they're godly. Counselors. Make sure, even in your church, that they're spiritual counselors that would guide you right. But you say, I just, I don't know what's next, and I don't know what God wants uh, for my life. I, I I know this that God wants good for your life, He wants blessings for your life. And if you'll obey Him and do right, yes, there are times when men, everything is good. The truck's running well. There's a little money in the bank. The kids are doing well. The health is okay. The tests came back. The health tests came back. And men, we're in the clear. And It's like, yes, man, this is good. And then there are other times where it seems like that brook is running dry. And you're thinking, I think maybe God forgot about me. And the preacher said it, I think in the service this morning. You're of more value than those sparrows. The hairs of your head are counted. God hasn't forgotten about you. Brother Angel, you have him here every year. He preaches that message on the zone of silence. And there are just times in our life and in our ministry. There was a time years ago, and I'm just about done, but there was a time years ago when Dr. Lee Robertson. Had a preacher boy in his office, and and this preacher boy was actually it was actually Bobby Robertson's son, not not Lee, Lee Robertson, Bobby Robertson, not related, but 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 it, it, and I think their names are spelled different, but but Bobby Robertson, who pastored out in North Carolina, it was his son in Bible college, at there there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at Lee Robertson's church, and and this this fellow came to uh, Doctor Lee Robertson's office, and he said, uh, uh, preacher, I I, I just uh, you know right now I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do this or that after Bible college. And just like weed, I'm trying to decide what's what's to should I take that job? Should I move away? Should I, should, I, should I sell the house? Should I this? Should I that? And he kept on. And he said, I felt like, he said, I felt like Dr. Robert, uh, Robertson was not paying attention to me. He said the whole time, uh, that the whole time he's talking to me, he said he's just he's just writing on his pad. And he thought, man, I must be boring him to death. And he said, I'm trying to get some direction, some counsel from the old man of God. And finally the old man of God pulled up his notepad, and that's what it had on him. That's a question mark. I cannot write well, but that's what he had on it. And Dr. Lee Robertson said, son, looks to me like that's, what's, that, that, that's, that's what is in your mind right now, nothing but questions. Are you listening? Nothing but questions. He said, yes, sir, I guess that's it. He said, then that old man of God said this, then here's what I tell you, son, you don't make a move till those questions are gone. He that doubteth is damned if he eat, for he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So I'm either running my own life, and I'm going to make shipwreck, or I'm saying, Lord, I need you. God, I need you. I have some decisions to make and I, and I need you. And, and boy, we can have that peace. Philippians 4, I love it. Uh, that, that we can let our requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. And what a blessing to say, you know what? I prayed about it. He has the petitions. He has the requests on his desk. And I know when God's ready to move, when he's ready to show me, when he's ready to open the door, it's gonna happen or it won't happen but I don't have to bite my nails. I don't have to fret. I don't have to worry. I know I pray. I know I've asked God. I know God's in control. I know he's there though I feel like I'm empty right now and I feel like I can't hear him and he's not moving in my life. God's still there. We must trust the steps. Number one, when it seems like God is providing, that's easy. We must trust the steps when it seems like God has has gone silent. Thirdly is this, we must trust the steps when it seems like the path doesn't make sense. Here's, here's where I got the thought from. All right, Elijah, you're gonna go down to, to the brook Cherith and I've commanded ravens to feed thee there. Um, excuse me, Lord. You know, we have DoorDash, right? You've commanded what? To feed me there. Now, I don't know what they brought. I had a little old lady in my church when I preached this at our church a couple weeks ago and she said, Pastor, you know a raven has about the cleanest beak there is. I knew somebody would come up and tell me something about still, man. I'm telling you, a, a raven cannot bring me a large thin crust pepperoni pizza from Pizza Hut. A raven can't carry the weight of a DQ blizzard. Okay, he says, the ravens are gonna make sure you're taken care of. That probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to us, right? Then when the brook dried up and Elijah's going, okay, God's gone silent here. And then the Lord speaks again. He's like, oh, finally, I I feel like I'm hearing from God again. Uh, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. Okay, in the middle of a famine, a widow woman who probably already struggles to take care of herself and then apparently had a son living at home. And she's going to be the one that takes care of me. Sometimes God's going to move in your life and in your heart. It's not going to make a lick of sense to you. But you have to remember, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher. Ecclesiastes, or Isaiah, I think it is, says, his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher. than. And, and I heard someone say this one time, so I have to decide my way or the highway. Lord, this doesn't make sense, but I know it's God doing it. Then we have to live by faith and we have to follow him. We must trust the steps. Lastly, when it seems like we've reached a dead end, when it seems like we've reached a dead end. So he tells him that this widow here in Zarephath is going to take care of, the, uh, t- take care of you. So in 1 Kings 17, it says in verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread. So he's thinking, man, I tell you what, if anyone can cook, it's a widow woman. I love to go to her grandma. That it's the only grandparent we have, her grandma, her grandma, grandma. 88 years old, lives up in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, up in Northwest Arkansas. Love to go up there around Beaver Lake, but I love to go there because grandma can cook. Man, she can cook. So he's probably thinking, okay, well, apparently God knows this lady has enough to feed me with. And he says, ma'am, could you give me a morsel of bread? She's probably gonna bring me back a chocolate pie. This is gonna be good. And this is what she says. She said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful, of meal, and a barrel, and a little oil, and a cruise. Behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Now I'm thinking when she walked away, Elijah kind of looks up at the sky. Is this the right widow? Is there another widow woman here, Lord, you wanted me to talk to? Sometimes we get to that place, we feel like it's a dead end. And I'm afraid sometimes we, we jump ship because we feel like we've hit a dead end in our life. We feel like we've hit a dead end in our ministry. And I just want to remind you this. If God, if God brought you to it, God will bring you through it. Too many today living in fear, living based on feelings, living based on what their flesh wants them to do. If I can believe, and I believe it with all my heart, that this is the very Word of God, and if I could read all these crazy stories about eating dung and go, yeah, it really happened. really happened. Really, were you there? Did your ancestor tell you that? Was it written in a diary? I was there when that happened. You know, the Apostle Peter said, he said, I've seen Jesus. I've heard his voice. I've heard the voice of God. And he said, but we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Man, I wish I'd have been there back then. I'd have so much faith. No, no, no. It's kind of like that principle of if we'll not be faithful in that which is least, we would not be faithful in much. It's the same thing here. We did not have to be there because the man, one of the men who was there said, we have a more reliable word. So I believe it. But if I can believe that a bunch of people walked through the Red Sea looking at water on either side and walking through dry land. If I can believe God could split Corpus Christi Bay and I could just, hey, how you doing? Wave at all the fish. We believe all that. Well, we can't believe that God could take care of us this week. Live your life yielded to God. Lord, young men, Lord, help me to pick the right school. Young ladies, Lord, help me to pick the right school. Those of you that are single in here, my daughter's single. We have several single young adults in our, in our church. And, but it's well worth the wait to wait on the will of God. You do not want to go out and find your, your spouse in the wrong place. You want God to bring that spouse to you. Yeah, man, this career, I, I can make $100,000, but, 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 but we're going to have to move uh, two hours away. All right, what, what church is there? What good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church is there? Well, I'm sure there's one. You're doing it wrong. If I'm praying and asking God to direct my steps, man, isn't it a wonderful thing? I can just trust him with the steps he leads me on. When he's providing, I can trust him. Duh. When it seems like God's gone silent, let's just be patient. Let's keep going to church. Let's keep reading our Bible. I'm done. Had a lady one time who was going through a horrible time in her life. It was actually a grandmother lady and just a horrible time. She was so brokenhearted. And uh, she said, pastor, I think I need to give up my junior girl Sunday school class. I said, all right, tell me why. I said, you love that class. Tell me why. She said, I, I just, right now, I'm just, I'm not getting anything from God. I'm not, I love the Lord, but I'm just, I don't get anything out of my Bible reading. And I feel like I have too many irons in the fire. I said, well, why take the spiritual iron out of the fire? A little girl Sunday school class, will keep you going? little girl Sunday school class, what'll encourage you from week to week? And guess what? She just marched on trusting the steps that God led her. And she pulled up out of that valley. It rains on the just and the unjust. And, and I can't promise you it's ever going to get better. My parents' Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. It's, I know we serve a healing God, but outside of his just miraculous healing, that's not going to go away and it's only going to get worse. We have to learn to trust the steps of so God. If I can trust that, I can trust tomorrow. I don't know what you've been going through, but I believe God gave me the message for you tonight on purpose probably some young people don't don't follow your own will and your own way don't follow just your buddies what your flesh wants to do maybe some young couples in here and you're still in that stage you're making decisions in your life and you're dreaming and you ought to dream and you ought to have vision you ought to be excited about life but make sure that God is the one leading you even when you get in those older ages and you say, well, we're, we're kind of settled in and our life is just kind of day to day, but you still need to wake up every day and say, Lord, you said, and as my day is, so shall my strength be. So Lord, I'm trusting you today. I'm trusting you to guide me. And when I go to that doctor, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you as I walk. I'm nervous, but I'm trusting you. And when that test is not what I wanted it to be, You're still the same God that I loved before we walked into that. And you're the same God who will walk me through whatever that valley is in my life. I promise you, God loves you. God wants to use you. God wants to bless your life. We have to trust the steps. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.